0: Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the January 2022 issue of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Starting with Swatch County News, written by Sandia Belgrade. The complexity of building a new jail. The year ended with a familiar topic taking a positive spin. The first concerns actions showing progress on the new jail. New construction was approved by voters but many have expressed frustration that any real progress was being made. Several sessions in December saw increased energy moving forward. Dale E. Meek, Chief of Police for the Town of Center, represents the committee for the new jail it will replace the present Sheriff's Office jail facility originally built as a residence. In his 27 years in law enforcement Meek has helped build several jails. Later the jail committee met with the board which includes local law enforcement as well as Chief Meek, Swatch County Sheriff Dan Warwick, County Jail Commander Ken Wilson, and community members Dave Mahaffey, Ed Pausiewicz, L.V. Conley, Benjamin Byer, and Joe Buckley. One suggestion for a location was Denver Avenue right in town. It was rejected because that site would have to be purchased. It is a safety risk to to residents and it would place a water and utility burden on the town of Swatch. The Swatch County Jail Committee recommended that the commissioners fund construction of the new jail on land the county already owns at the Swatch Municipal Airport which is 13 miles out of town on Gunnison Avenue. Pat McDermott of the Colorado Department of Water Resources spoke about obtaining a well permit that would serve a jail with 74 cells. Here's a shocker, the estimated cost of the project is $36.00 to 40 million dollars if they start right away. McCracken said the project also involves a new courthouse which must be within town limits. At the last open county meeting sheriff said the estimation should be on the jail only. The present sheriff's building can serve as the sheriff's office. The committee urged the BOCC to fund it but of course money will have to come from many funding streams. The USDA Rural Development Program does make grants available. The Board must first commit and decide on location and work out funding. In the meantime, the Sheriff's Department needs another patrol car. Sheriff Warwick presented figures to the Board and the request was approved. County Public Health Report Director Mona Lovato said they did 1200 vaccinations in center yet less than half of the county population has received vaccinations. Janet Beirger will provide testing in Crestone every Wednesday. Interested persons must call 850-2264 to request a test. The public health people don't want to sit for four hours if no one shows up. The staff can test even in a car. The Crestone Charter School had no new outbreaks. Moffitt had so many cases they have gone remote. The department has a trailer equipped for emergency preparedness with their own generators etc to be self-sufficient in an emergency. They need a vehicle to haul the trailer. McCracken urged her to consider a van. Director Lovato said there is assistance for families who have lost a loved one to COVID-19. Families may apply for financial assistance for COVID-19 related funeral expenses incurred after January twentieth, 2020. One initiates the application by calling the FEMA COVID-19 Funeral Assistance Line at 1-844-684-6333. Those who answer the assistance line will help you through the process. In another health issue, dental services will be coming to the Sawatch Clinic. Commissioners continued water efforts. The severe drought has been a concern for the county for several decades. The commissioners are being very persistent in their view that the state is not providing an accurate groundwater model. In June, the three county commissioners sent a letter to Kevin Rain State engineer and director of the Colorado Division of Water Resources expressing their concern about the management of the aquifer in Sawatch County. Now they are undertaking a water engineering study to show that all available data is not being taken into consideration. The commissioners have asked Teresa Gen Delaporte, president and owner of Quantum Water and Environment firm, who has expertise in water resources and Colorado water rights, to conduct this study. The parameters of the study are the effects of pumping on, an, on the unconfined aquifer in the Sawatch and San Luis Creek drainages. Colorado Counties Conference The three commissioners reported on the CCI Winter Conference and some of their activities. Commissioner Lynn Thompson said of the many offerings she attended, the ones on seniors and opioid usage were especially helpful. She received information on coordinating with rural counties on opioids. She also attended workshops related to seniors and will share the information with the South Central seniors which she oversees. Tom McCracken attended a session on the Colorado River Compact and the effects of the drought on river flows. He also attended an agriculture roundtable which discussed how to educate urbanites about the value of agriculture. Tim Lovato attended sessions on water studies and housing. Two people to share veteran services. The commissioners have appointed two part-time people to share the duties of veteran service officer, which will satisfy the requirements of that position. Mary Ann Sheeran is from Crestone and has previously assisted in the vet's office. James Sanchez is a vet from Alamosa whose disability prompted him to research and learn firsthand about the problems vets face with health care. Fortunately, vets can now go to community care or a private doctor. This makes it easier for vets to get care, given the difficulty of maneuvering the vet bureaucracy. Shuren will work three days per week, Sanchez two days. The positions are partially reimbursed by the state. Northern Sawatch County Library District Update Sarah Cohen Frey, director of the Northern Swatch County Library District, provided a yearly update and requested a board member appointment. The commissioners approved Kathy Hill to be on the board for a year term. They are still looking for a Crestone resident to be on the board. Cohen Frey reported that the library district hasn't recovered fully from the COVID setbacks but there have been many gains and changes. New hires and staff now work at both branches, giving them a perspective on the whole district. There has been a thorough renovation of the Baca Library, including the addition of a community room, new steel shelves, replacement of the old skirting, and painting of the outside. Not as many people are coming through the doors because of COVID, but at the same time many people are using online services that are available such as streaming movies and reading audiobooks. Many people are enjoying participating in a whodunit murder mystery where they receive clues. There is 24 hour access and some are online all night. The library is working with the town of Crestone to use land between the kiosk and school. The town made a resolution to donate two acres to library. National Wreaths Across America Day County Treasurer Connie Trujillo continued the tradition of honoring the memory of veterans with Christmas wreaths National Wreaths Across America Day was on Saturday December eighteenth this year seventeen hundred wreaths were laid at the Home Lake Cemetery alone three hundred fifty two wreaths were laid at Crestone Via Grove Rio Alto Hillside La Guerrita and Chicago cemeteries Trujillo wrote a sales tax grant to cover the expense. Commissioner Tim Lovato also participated. Land Use Department It's hard to be poor even in a poor county. Two people have been living on their land in a tent while building their house. They are out of work and can't afford to build and rent another place at the same time. They go to a neighbor's house until they get a composting toilet. They requested a variance to live on their land longer than the regulations allow while building because otherwise they would be homeless. Tom McCracken said that while he doesn't agree with the 60-day regulation it's still the law. He suggested they set up a payment schedule to pay $100 per month. Commissioner Lovato made a motion to waiver fines. They will go to the Planning Commission for review. Rio Grande Water Conservation District Board the commissioners did not appoint a person from south of County Road L to the RGWCD board yet. One person who does not reside in the county applied, saying that he owns land in Swatch County. Brad Crowell, county attorney, looked at the RGWCD wording on their website. It did not clarify the issue and further research is needed. Short Notes of Interest The state will not collect any county sales tax on marijuana sales. The county won't collect the excise tax either. People are recycling more at the landfill. The sheriff noted there have been lots of collisions with deer recently. People are urged to slow down because deer can suddenly appear out of trees. And the last item, budget for 2022. The commissioners approved a final budget of $14,862,862.14 for fiscal year 2022. This figure was reached after many discussions with department heads. The county ended up in the black with over $800,000 net revenue. As the county closed their books on 2021, so do we, wishing everyone a most happy new year. And we have this announcement from Baca Grand Water and Sanitation District Notice of Changes to Various Fees and Rates The Baca Grand Water and Sanitation District Board of Directors held a public meeting on November 17th 2021 via Zoom to hear comments or concerns from District customers regarding the proposed 2022 budget and consideration of any increases of rates and fees. At its December 15, 2021 meeting, the Board of Directors approved Resolution Number 2021-12-01, Seventh Amended and Restated Resolution of the Board of Directors of the PACA Water and Sanitation District concerning the imposition of various fees, rate, penalties and charges for water and sanitary sewer services and facilities. Fee increases in 2022 were focused on development and land usage in the district. As we continue to experience an active real estate market and property transactions, the district has found it necessary to increase the fees for water and sewer connection fee applications, tap fees, consolidation fees, and availability of service fees. The most significant increase impacted new connections for water and sewer fees. The rising cost of inventory parts has forced the increase for one-time water and sewer connection fees from $1,400 to $2,500. These fees have not been increased since 2013 and will be implemented on January 1, 2022. Highlights of other fee changes approved at the meeting include fees, a one-time fee imposed upon each residential unit within the district boundaries. Water and sewer tap fees will increase from $3,750 to $5,000 for three-quarter inch meter size each or $10,000 for both. Availability of service fee, AOS, an annual fee assessed on vacant lots with services within 100 feet of the property line will increase from $150 to $200. Consolidation fee includes every action by which separate parcel of real property are combined into one parcel of real property will increase from $250 to $300 per lot. Changes will go into effect beginning January 1, 2022. Many of these fees have not seen an increase over the past 10 years. Monthly usage fees, late fees, and transfer fees will not see a change at this time. For more information on all rates and fees for district customers please visit our website at BacaWater.com or email your questions or comments to info at And this news, FEMA provides 16.43 million dollars to Colorado for COVID response. FEMA has approved more than $16.43 million in additional public assistance funding for the COVID-19 response in Colorado. The assistance was made available under a major disaster declaration issued March 28, 2020. FEMA has provided more than $1.6 billion for Colorado's COVID-19 response to date. The Porter Care Adventus Health System has received more than 2.6 million dollars in FEMA funding to supply critical emergency medical care for the diagnosis and treatment of COVID-19, medical testing, personal protective equipment, medical supplies, and medical surge staff. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment has been awarded $13.7 million to provide monoclonal antibody treatment for COVID-19 using a mobile strike team approach. Mobile bus units will set up temporary clinics in rural areas of the state, congregate living facilities such as long-term care facilities, shelters, jails, and other high-demand areas as needed. This state-led approach will expand the availability of this treatment and ensure an equitable distribution of this therapy to people who test positive for COVID-19. For the COVID-19 response, FEMA has simplified the public assistance application and funding process to address the magnitude of this event and to allow local officials to receive eligible funding more quickly. These reimbursements play a critical role as state, tribal, and local officials work tirelessly to assist their communities. Additional information about FEMA's public assistance program can be found at the website www.fema.gov assistance slash public. And this COVID-19 public health update from Linda Smith, SLV EPR Coordinator. Free COVID-19 testing is available 7 days a week, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Convenient Care in Alamosa. Free testing is also available through state-led mobile testing units and some public health offices. For more information about testing, vaccination, and local COVID-19 data updates, go to the website www.slvphp.com or call 719-480-8719. At the time of the writing of this, there were 67 known active cases in the San Luis Valley. And we have some Creststone Artisans Gallery news written by David Lee. With the holiday season now officially over, we enter our winter season, the slowest time of the year. For the next three months, we reduce our days from Thursday through Monday, and our hours to 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It is a good time to visit the gallery and take some extra time to enjoy the works on display. The displays will stay the same for the next two months and then will close briefly for the spring changeover. New work will be brought in, the display walls freshened, and the gallery will take on a new look. One change that will take effect immediately is the addition of our new member, Joni Franks. Joni is the writer of children's books, a craft for which she has earned an international reputation. Joni moved to Colorado some 17 years ago and took to living in mountain towns on the western slope. Pagosa Springs, Westcliff, Howard, and now Crestone. Experiences of living in these towns and inspiration by her Corky Dogs, Sagebrush, and Gizmo have inspired the writing, illustration, and production of the Corky Tales, corky Tales series, with seven books so far and two other books produced as well. These books have won numerous awards on state, national, and international levels. Her most recent title, The Crooked Forest Legacy of the Holy Stone, appeared only last year and is the first of a new series. These books are beautifully illustrated by Raquel Rodriguez and Ayan Vistacion. The gallery has traditionally had a display shelf for books by local writers and we may be the leading seller of Jim McAlpin's book Crestone Guide to Higher Realms. We could do a much better job of supporting our numerous local authors by displaying their recent work. All these books display creativity in their writing, illustration, and design. Joni's participation in the gallery can help us move in that direction of displaying work by local authors. And we have this note from Patty Smith, the Crestone Moffat Giving Tree was a resounding success again this year. The Giving Tree began as a way to provide winter clothing and boots to needy children in this area. It has been Elaine Johnson's commitment these past 12 years to serve our community starting with 30 children back in 2010. Thanks to many generous donations the Giving Tree has grown to include over 200 children in recent holiday seasons. With Elaine's guidance and dedication, the Legacy of Giving has opened the door for current elves Patty Smith, Jacques Sprock, Jerry Dean, Rachel Cullum, and Christine Gingrich to continue this tradition. Our community, even those who are needy themselves, fill the jar of donations in hopes of creating the magic of the season for our children. It is true giving because they never know which child has benefited from their actions. We would also like to acknowledge donations from Neighbors Helping Neighbors, Eileen G. Care Foundation, this center, and the Center Kiwanis. The Crestone Moffat Giving Tree truly represents the best of our community. And this news from the Crestone Energy Exchange. Gasification. The time is now. All of our scientific and industrial advances over the last century have created never-before-seen wealth, opportunity, and quality of life. In the wake of these advancements, we find ourselves drowning in our own post-consumer waste. With so much contention and confusion surrounding current events, can we agree that we have a problem with waste and wastefulness that is now coming home to roost with a vengeance? Logically, the next question becomes, how do we deal with it? We have a solution. We aim to build a local community-centric recycling system that utilizes gasification to convert waste biomass and non-recyclable plastics into the energy source that will power the recycling process. Gasification is a time-tested process by which solid waste, most commonly woody biomass, is converted into a gaseous fuel in a high-temperature, low-oxygen environment. Gasification works by first boiling out all the light combinations of carbon and hydrogen CH, then breaking down the remaining longer CH chains to become a compressible, storable, gaseous fuel that is similar to natural gas in energy value. This process of extracting gas from biomass yields about twice the usable energy versus simply burning it for heat. Currently, the removal and disposal of the Baca-mitigated biomass consists of throwing it in a pit and burning it outright in a giant bonfire. Instead, We plan to capture and use all that energy to power a closed-loop recycling program, provide local jobs and proof-of-concept for other small communities. So far, we have personally invested over $2,000 and over 200-plus person hours toward the planning and fabrication of a proving facility. The Sawatch County Sales Tax Grant Program has offered this project $5,000, which needs to be matched by ourselves and the larger community. These funds will go toward completion of the initial prototype, data collection, and the redesign for Phase 2. This will provide the foundation for Phase 3, where the entire community's waste can be processed locally. This initial round of fundraising is important to the proof of concept and the idea as a whole. If you would like to support this project, keep an eye out here for updates and how you can participate. We look forward to making this a reality and hope you all want to be a part of this exciting endeavor. And now turning to happenings, SLV Women Act to Meet the San Luis Valley Women Alliance for Change Together Act and allies will be gathering to build a more civil community on Saturday January 22nd at 11 a.m. at the corner of Richardson and Main Street in Alamosa. And turning to the community calendar on Wednesday, January 19th BACA Water and Sanitation Monthly Public Online Meeting will be held at the website vacawater.com slash board dot html. The meeting will be at 9 a.m. on the 19th. On January 22nd, as mentioned, the SLV Women Alliance for Change Together is gathering at Richardson and Main Street in Alamosa at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And looking forward to the January 27th, we have the Rumi Study Circle, All Welcome, at Golden Light Sufi Circle, 3 to 5 p.m. You can email for information at hamidanur303, that's H-A-M-I-D-A-N-U-R-303, at gmail.com. And on the last Saturday of the month, January 29th, the Crestone Food Bank will be open from 10 a.m. to noon. And... To put it on your February calendar, on February 5th, the Here to Listen with Crestone Town Council member will be held at the Cloud Station at 10 a.m. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughan.